Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Good morning. Happy uh, Friday Eve. Do you, do you even keep track of the days anymore? I know that's kind of like the internet joke. I don't know what day it is. They're all, they're all the same. Every day is a weekend. Well, <clears throat> not so. Today is Thursday. We are one step closer to the weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Although I do come to miss you over the weekend. You know, I do a show uh, on the radio, on KSL News Radio, each day from 1 o'clock until 3 o'clock. Uh, I do these Facebook Lives, but on the weekend, you know what I do? I put my feet up. I hang out with my little baby Piper and my beautiful wife, Jessica. Uh, and so I miss you. Well, come, come Monday, uh, I'm anxious to get back here chatting with you. Now, uh, if you read in the video description, wherever that's hiding, uh, you'll see that I am going to, on today's episode of Live Mike, I'm going to talk about uh, a few things, including blood, politics, and Utah County. I thought uh, uh, that was a very clever uh, <laughs> way to describe this episode of uh, Facebook Live and the things that we're going to discuss on the program uh, today. Uh, anyway, so let me just get right to it. Number one, blood. I have, for the past number of weeks, been uh, asking you uh, for your help uh, here on Facebook Live as well as on my uh, my own radio program, again, on KSL Radio from one o'clock until three o'clock. Uh, here's what happened. I early on in this whole uh, coronavirus thing, as we were looking for ways to help, looking for ways to be useful, uh, both in flattening the curve and also easing the burden on the healthcare system, uh, I got my wheels turning. And I'm no like medical expert, so I don't know about much. Uh, but what I do know is that blood donation is something that is always needed. Uh, and so I uh, set out to learn exactly the scope of need and how uh, folks like me could best lend a hand or <laughs> lend a pint of blood. And I learned that, uh, the, interestingly, <clears throat> because of uh, you know, elective surgeries being uh, placed on hold and so far fewer people uh, on the roads, uh, there was this unexpected – well, how can I phrase this best uh, – Early on, it was expected that there would be an incredible spike in the need for blood donations. That turned out not to be the case, uh, that the, the need remained the same. And while the need remained the same, so too did uh, our obligation, I would say, uh, as members of the community to step up, open our veins, and, and give some blood. And so I thought, well, I can help with that. Uh, I can help uh, with my own blood. And so a few weeks ago, I uh, signed up for an appointment with ARUP and uh, met uh, up with a great phlebotomist. They asked me all the questions. They did the screening. They took a little finger prick and uh, checked my iron. And I uh, was cleared to donate. And I did so. Uh, one pint. And I just yesterday got a thank you card in the mail. Now, before I uh, share with you what I learned uh, in, the, in the thank you card, uh, let me just tell you that the challenge that I have extended to my audience on the radio, and I'll extend to you as well, is I would like each day for my radio program to be responsible for the donation of at least one unit of blood. 
Blood drives across the country continue uh, to be canceled. You know, there aren't necessarily walk-up blood drives where you can uh, just on a whim pull over and uh, uh, go through the process and donate blood. Right now, the way it's working is by appointment only. And so what I would do is I'd invite you to do this. Go to utahblood.org. That's the website for ARUP, uh, utahblood.org. Or uh, if you are, are working on you know joining the 50-gallon club or something uh, with the Red Cross, you, you go to uh, Red Cross uh, Utah or Red Cross Blood, rather, dot org, Red Cross uh, Blood dot org. And there, on each of those two sites, one of the first things you'll see is a little box where you can type in your zip code. That will then direct you to a list of locations and dates, and you can schedule something uh, there to donate blood or platelets or any of the uh, different blood products that are needed by uh, these two outfits. So here's what I would like. If you would be so kind as to do that, go to utahblood.org uh, or redcrossblood.org, and from there, uh, confirm an appointment. Set an appointment for yourself. Uh, commit to donate uh, a unit of blood. It's not so bad. I will admit that it took me uh, about 15 years uh, to, to get the courage to donate blood. I did so way back when I was in college, and um, <clears throat> I, hadn't, I haven't done so since. Uh, my own shortcoming, my own fear of needles, whatever. Uh, but when I saw that there was an opportunity for me to give back a, a little bit uh, and to kick off this effort on my program, I, uh, I felt the, the need to lead by example. So I have donated blood, and uh, I'd invite you to do the same. If and when you do, if and when you do uh, confirm an appointment, would you do me this favor? Keep me in the loop. Uh, would you take like a screenshot or a photograph uh, of your confirmation and send it to me via my Facebook page. You can uh, click over to the Lee Lonsberry Facebook page <clears throat> and share with uh, me uh, your confirmation. I'd be uh, very grateful to you for that. Now, let me share with you what I received from uh, ARUP. I told you it had been like 15 years since I donated. And I had, if I'm honest, I had forgotten which type of blood, uh, what, what my blood type was. I, I was aware and pretty certain that it was red, uh, and that was about as specific as I uh, was aware. But uh, if you are, are curious, if you don't know yourself, uh, you can, you go, to the, you make the appointment, you donate blood, and if it's your first time, they'll send you uh, a little information packet, which I've received, uh, letting me know that my blood type, I'm in the blood group O, I think that's a pretty good one, uh, blood group O, and then the RH type is positive. My blood type is O positive. I didn't just give away like identifying information, did I? It's not like my social security number. You can, it's safe to share your blood type, right? Uh, o positive. That's uh, mine. And I don't know. Am I the universal something? Which is the good one? Is it O negative? Is like everyone can have it, give it, whatever? Um, I, should, I should learn about that. Uh, anyway, I am O positive, and ARUP uh, sent me a note to, to let me know about that. Uh, this thank you card is pretty cool. It reads a very special thank you. ARUP Blood Services uh, needs 100 people to donate blood each day to meet the needs of the hospitals we serve. Our blood supply comes from caring, healthy donors like you. Okay, so I didn't know that. 100 people uh, each day 
need to donate. Now, I don't expect uh, my humble little program to be responsible for each and every one of these uh, 100 donations, but I think that it's a fair goal for you and I to set together uh, that we can donate at least one, at least one unit, and then hopefully the goodness of uh, the hearts of Utahns across the state <clears throat> can make up the other 99. Let's do uh, what you and I can to get that one uh, donated. Now, uh, it continues. Our, our blood supply comes from healthy, uh, caring donors like you. That's wonderful. Uh, and moving over here, it says you can donate blood every 56 days. Um, so I need to wait until, I don't know, 56 days after my donation. <clears throat> you get this little card here uh, with a sticker. Donate blood today. I will wear my sticker throughout the day <clears throat> for the duration of this Facebook Live. <coughs> and that's all very nice. Um, oh, shoot. I was not supposed to put the sticker there. It says here, please remove the heart sticker from this card and apply it to your calendar or planner as a convenient reminder of your next blood donation. Okay, shoot. Um, I did that wrong. I'll tell you what, though. You know what I can do? Let me get the cell phone. I will, uh, and I want you to do this as well. Could you do this? Could you, as I'm doing this, uh, go to uh, utahblood.org uh, and sign up for an appointment. I'm going to put in my calendar my next opportunity to donate, and I will sign up for an appointment there. It is 528. Um, very good. I'm going to make an appointment. While I'm doing this, uh, you navigate. Now, keep this window open, all right? I want your eyeballs on me. <laughs> or at least be able to hear me. In another window, make your way over to uh, utahblood.org, uh, sign up, and maybe by the time I've got this calendar entry uh, noted, uh, you will have confirmed and you can share that with me. So title is Donate Blood. Da, 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 da. Uh, da, da, da. Add. All right, very good. I'm all set. I have made an appointment. Sorry, I used the sticker incorrectly. Now, uh, do you like swag? Well, if you do, you're in luck. Turns out with ARUP, for every whole blood donation, you get 200 points. And there is a catalog of things uh, for which you can redeem your points. Uh, in fact, 200 points, which is, well, I've earned 200 points so far. I have donated uh, one whole unit or whole yeah whole unit of blood one whole blood donation i got 200 points for it Did, <laughs> well, these are funny little things uh for 200 points you can get uh this deal right here uh, can you see that it is a like a you put it in the cigarette lighter thing in your car and on the back side there's a usb port so if you want to charge your phone while you drive and you don't have any other way to do that there you go donate blood problem solved uh, do you need more t-shirts? 300 points will get you a t-shirt. Uh, need another coffee mug? 700 points will get you a coffee mug. Uh, if it's raining, you need an umbrella? 800 points will get you an umbrella. And then there's some gift cards and some ditty bags. Anyway, it's, it's a fun little thing. Uh, check that out. I uh, think I'm going to do what I can to rack up the points. Uh, I've got the calendar noted. And that's that. So let me move on uh, from this. Again, if you would be so kind as to open your veins and share uh, your blood with those in need, there will be many who are very grateful, um, and I would be as well. Moving on. <coughs> I told you I was going to talk about blood, politics, and Utah County. Let's move on to politics, specifically 
the state nominating convention uh, for the the two major parties here in the state of Utah. Uh, Republicans getting together on Saturday uh, digitally, as well as the uh, Democrats. Have you ever been to one of these conventions before? I have, and for like a political nerd like me, they're absolutely fascinating. And let me tell you one interesting thing about Utah as this state compares to the rest of the nation. <clears throat> Utah uh, is remarkably accessible. By that, I mean the politicians here in Utah, the folks that lead in uh, political positions are very accessible. And that's due to a number of uh, things. Uh, we are a relatively small state in terms of population. Uh, the geography of Utah concentrates, concentrates us, concentrates us <coughs> uh, for the most part. Um, and uh, what that does is it creates an environment uh, where we have very easy access to uh, the politicians and the candidates uh, running for office here in the state. Uh, I did some of my growing up in New York State where things are vastly different. So to think uh, that you would, uh, on a Saturday, uh, meet up at some place like in the old days at the Sandy City uh, Convention Center or whatever you call that uh, outfit over there, to think that you would get together over there, uh, that you would get to face-to-face, -face, shake hands with the candidates, uh, maybe they'd give you a t-shirt or a button or some chapstick, uh, and you would hear directly from them uh, their platforms and their attitudes. They would engage in a dialogue with you, go back and forth. To be able to do that uh, in, in New York or in places like California and Texas, these big giant states with full-time legislatures or assemblies and such like that, <coughs> it, it's unheard of. Massachusetts, forget about it. Pennsylvania, forget about it. New Jersey, forget about it. <clears throat> Here in Utah, it's a different deal. To be able to uh, go back and forth uh, with these candidates is... Uh, it, we are lucky. We are uniquely privileged to to have that type of access. Um, and I, each year, have always looked forward to uh, attending the, the nominating convention. It's it, it's cool. It's neat. And there's a good spirit there. And there's a competitive spirit, obviously, between the candidates. Uh, and there is a there's a salesmanship spirit that's there. You know, these folks are are selling themselves, selling their positions, and uh, trying to make the case to, to you and to specifically in this setting, the delegates uh, as to why they, you know, deserve the top spot uh, and ought to have the, uh, the, the party's uh, nomination. <clears throat> so <clears throat> that, of course, this coming Saturday is not going to happen. Uh, we have been speaking to uh, party leadership and candidates over the past few weeks. And what we have learned is that what's happening on Saturday will be all digital, all of it online. And it was just yesterday that the, the Republican Party, at least, uh, made available to all the, the pitch videos, the pitch videos from each one of the candidates. Now, typically at this convention, uh, you know, when we would get there, when we would meet in person for the convention uh, in the face-to-face -face, uh, era, the way it would work is the first half of the day was spent... Uh, interacting, meeting, shaking hands with the candidates as they set up at their various booths. Uh, the delegates would move up and down each aisle, interact with the candidates. And then the second half of the day would be uh, comprised of the candidates themselves addressing all of the delegates, the hundreds and hundreds of seats. The delegates would take their seat, 
candidate up on stage, maybe flanked by supporters uh, or staffers or something like that, uh, they would make the case to the delegates. And then once all the speeches has had concluded, there would be voting, uh, sometimes various rounds of voting. Well, that's different this year. Obviously, we got this coronavirus uh, floating around in the air. <clears throat> we now will have uh, the opportunity to hear from these candidates, not up on the stage as in times of yesteryear, but rather in produced videos. And we can right now watch those videos. I uh, watched most of them last night. In fact, on the radio program today, uh, Boyd Matheson and I will get together and talk about these videos and the importance, and this is the point I wanna make, uh, if there are any delegates uh, watching this stream right now, uh, please send me a note, say hello, but also hear this. <clears throat> please watch all the videos. <clears throat> you would you would be forced to watch all of the speeches should you attend the, the convention. Uh, the videos are important to watch. Uh, it is important to hear from these candidates. Uh, one of the rules for the videos is that they, when making their pitch, there, there can't be any edits. So you will hear uh, the, the candidates speak as they would, uh, or at least a, a close approximation to the way they would speak to you at the convention. Uh, and so it breaks my heart a little bit that the convention won't be held in person. That's too bad. Uh, but I am glad to see that the parties have come up with ways uh, to at least execute or carry out the convention and the nominating process uh, in a way that is mindful of the advice handed down by <clears throat> the CDC and folks like Angela Dunn here, state epidemiologist and the governor and that. Uh, so that's that. We're going to talk about that on the program today. I'm going to make a pitch again to the delegates that they please watch all of these videos. Uh, there's important information there. It's maybe the best way uh, to, you know, see the encapsulated view and goals of each one of these candidates. I'm sure you, if you're a delegate, I'm sure you've been on the phone with these candidates already in recent weeks. One of the tactics I know is for candidates to uh, to refer back to like past roles to see who, uh, who are the delegates and to reach out then over the phone directly and say, hey, listen, uh, you got a big decision to make on Saturday. Uh, let me give you the reasons for why I think you ought to cast your vote in my favor. So uh, that's coming up. Last thing I want to touch on before I say goodbye on this Facebook Live is <clears throat> something interesting happening in Utah County. Now, on today's program, we're going to be speaking with Nathan Ivey, uh, a, a commissioner in Utah County. Uh, and that is on the heels of an announcement from the Utah Valley Chamber of Com Commerce as the chamber releases uh, a document. The document is headlined Safe to Work, and it lays out the best practices to reopen the economy while protecting employees and customers. So this document is to be distributed to uh, business owners and the public alike as, at least in Utah County, they, in conjunction and in harmony with the governor's Utah Leads Together 2.0 plan, moves to reopen the economy and get folks back to work. And it is, it's, a, it's an extensive document. The, the guidance is lengthy. There are, uh, let me see, so we have best practices here. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven 
uh, of the best practices. And then they have an additional practices. And this is specific to uh, the food service industry and what might best be done in that setting to keep the public healthy, to make sure that we're not spreading this virus any further. And it is, it is incredibly lengthy. There are 23 very detailed bullet points here. Let me share with you a few of them, <clears throat> just so you know uh, what the Utah Valley Chamber of Commerce at least is recommending to uh, food service industries like restaurants and bars as they take the steps to, to reopen and to return to some semblance of normalcy. Uh, very basic guidance. Uh, here we have number one, all on-site workers have their temperature taken each day prior to entering the building. Anyone with a fever will be required to self-isolate at home for 14 days. Uh, so that's a big deal. Number two, employees wear masks and safety glasses if needed. Uh, breaks and lunches to be staggered in groups of 10 or less. And break rooms or common areas uh, must be arranged so individuals are all at least six feet apart uh, and also consider taking those breaks outdoors. So, so listen, as, as I share these with you, know too that I'm not just speaking um, to the patrons, but also to the workers. You may be sitting at home right now, uh, furloughed uh, or laid off or simply in some state of unknowing when you're going to be back uh, in the workplace. And should you be uh, you know, lucky enough to get back to work, if your employer has figured out some way to get the doors back open and get business back underway, uh, you'll need to uh, or at least if you if you're if you choose to follow the guidance of the Utah Valley Chamber of Commerce, this is uh, the guidance that you'll be following. Number four, create staggered or rolling employee work groups that work on different days with no cross pollination between groups. <clears throat> I'll give you a little behind the scenes here at KSL. Well, here at KSL, I am, as you know, <laughs> have been <clears throat> for the past month or so broadcasting from my guest bedroom. I've got. Uh, some broadcast equipment here on the desk, which allows me to, uh, very luckily through technology, broadcast my daily radio program here from my from my guest bedroom. Now, there are some individuals uh, still working in the building at KSL to include producer Amy and Gustavo and many of the folks that uh, are just absolutely crucial to the, uh, the the basic functionality of a radio station, making sure that we stay on the air and this suggestion from the Utah Valley Chamber of Commerce to create staggered or rolling employee work groups that work on different days. Uh, that We've got that going on at KSL, uh, as a matter of fact, and it is exactly as this point includes, uh, aimed, at <clears throat> aimed at eliminating the possibility for cross-pollination between the groups. Uh, the way we have it here is we have, uh, there are groups that will work on for two weeks, they'll work in the building for two weeks, and then hop off and the other team will move in uh, and there is no overlap between those two groups. And so should someone in uh, you know, either group A or B, uh, should they come down with <clears throat> the coronavirus or for whatever reason, uh, introduce it into uh, their group, then, well, we've got, you know, that secondary group uh, or that other group. I shouldn't say secondary. It's not like there's a, you know, <laughs> they're two equally capable and competent groups. Um, <clears throat> the other group can step in and hopefully uh, weather the storm and uh, get through it. And so that's the, the, the rationale applied there. So next up, every two hours, employees stop working and wipe down their work areas with sanitizing or disinfecting uh, cleaning supplies and wash their hands 
with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. So uh, these are the very basic things that uh, workplaces uh, should be employing. This guidance, again, coming from the Utah Valley Chamber as they introduce uh, some pretty detailed uh, suggestions. <coughs> Excuse me. That's probably not coronavirus. Um, as workplaces in Utah County uh, get back up and running. Uh, so I will spare you uh, the, the next 23 bullet points here on this list, but I can tell you they are detailed, uh, and you have likely seen many of these practices, uh, many of these practices <clears throat> in place already as you've patronized uh, various eating establishments, taking advantage of the, like the drive-through and the delivery and the takeout options. Uh, my wife and I, we've been doing that. The governor early on in this process suggested <clears throat> or urged or invited us rather to, to do that three times, three teas, three takeout uh, meals a week. Uh, we've been doing about that. Hopefully it's helpful to uh, the folks that rely on that work for a living. And, uh, anyway, the food's been good. It's been nice. Uh, we've tried some new restaurants. Uh, maybe you do that yourself. So that's it. That's the preview of today's show. Let me see. Did I miss anything? Oh, yeah, uh, I did, as a matter of fact. We're going to be speaking with uh, Congressman Chris Stewart today, just after 1.20. Uh, we're going to talk to him about two things. It looks, like, uh, it looks like Democrats and Republicans in the House have come to an agreement and will be passing uh, the next phase of this stimulus package. You know that uh, the payroll protection plan that ran out of money. They went through the 349 some odd billion dollars uh, to support paychecks. They ran out of money there a while ago, and it's been uh, pretty urgent, the need uh, to, to infuse some more money into that. And after some negotiation, it looks like the House is going to be able to vote on that and get it over to the president's desk. And uh, maybe if you are an employer or an employee who is unsure how you're going to either get paid or be paid or do the paying, <clears throat> there may be some relief on the way. Now, that gives way to the second question, uh, which I'll ask of Congressman Stewart. What is Congress doing, or specifically the House of Representatives doing, to ensure uh, their own social distancing? Uh, the House gaveled into session earlier this morning, and I saw something that absolutely made my jaw drop. I was a staffer there for about five years working in Congress, and I never, never uh, saw anything like this. Um, this is a screenshot. I'm going to, I mean, this will be difficult to see, but um, that is the view of the floor of the house here this morning. I'm going to post this image up on my Facebook page just so you can see uh, the historic nature. If you zoom in, um, this is absolutely fascinating. Resolution will be poor, but that is Speaker Pelosi uh, in the Speaker's chair uh, in the, on the floor of the House of Representatives wearing uh, a mask. And if you look at the uh, various support staff there uh, helping her out, making sure that everything that takes place is, uh, you know, within uh, the guidelines and within the rules established in the House, every single person in view here is wearing a mask. Have you ever seen anything like that? Uh, I ha have certainly not. It is astounding. Absolutely astounding. This is a historic image. This will be one of those that uh, uh, appears in the textbooks 20, 30, 40 years from now, and we'll likely be studying the actions of this very day. So what does that mean? Uh, is Congressman Stewart comfortable uh, appearing on the floor of the House to cast his ballot today? Uh, will the House uh, discuss or enter entertain uh, alternative methods for members of Congress to cast their votes? Uh, I don't know. 
We'll find out as we uh, keep an eye on the floor of the House today and speak with one of Utah's members of Congress, Chris Stewart, just after 1.20. All right, that's it for me. Uh, thanks for enduring my ramblings again once more. Uh, if there is ever anything that you would like uh, to discuss or for me to research and have prepared to d- deliver during this uh, Facebook Live experiment that I've been doing, uh, let me know. Uh, I- I'm still kind of new to this. I'm about a week and a half into <laughs> these little chats. And as you have likely noticed, I am very prone to just rambling on uh, incoherently. In fact, I think that's a, a trait among all of us talk radio hosts. <laughs> you, <laughs> we get a few hours, uh, we get uh, uh, set loose, and off we go. And uh, I'd like to, I'd like to kind of organize my thoughts a little bit better. And any help you can offer me on that front would be much appreciated. That's it for me. I'm going to catch you on the radio today, one o'clock to three o'clock live. Mike is the name of my program. Tune in here in Utah, 102.7 FM or 1160 AM. And if you're online, like you are now, kslnewsradio.com. And with the cell phone, there is the KSL News Radio app, powered by any hour services, available, of course, on your iPhone or your Android device. That's it for me. Uh, I'll see you at 1, uh, and then I'll be back here tomorrow for the last Facebook Live of the week on Friday, tomorrow at 10 o'clock. That's it. Take care.